Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. A beautiful day in downtown Chicago. ESPN 1000. It's Mark Zander, Jesse Rogers. What are we doing inside if it's so beautiful? Well, you know what? They haven't hooked us up outside, Jess. That's right. That's right. Fleck and Abdallah gets to go on remote. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're in DeKalb. They're in DeKalb. Where where I grew up, that was where I went to college. Spent many a night at that bar. That Oh, my God, yeah. I killed some brain cells at Fatty's back in the day for sure. Yeah, you probably killed more than mine. Yeah, probably. Getting to know you over the last six months. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, probably. It's a safe bet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a safe bet. So, Jesse, fresh back from uh, Atlanta. Well, you've been back for a little while, though. But uh, since uh, I was on last weekend, we saw the Braves win the World Series. And it's really interesting. I'm seeing so many people come out on social media, as they do, because we all have that platform on social media, right, to give our opinion. And a lot of people I'm seeing feel that the Sox had a better team than the Braves. Answer that for me. How do you look at that? I mean, what... well, that's just it's just sort of a silly argument. The Braves had the least wins of any playoff team. So every single other playoff team can say we had a better team. That's right. Bo- that's both right. in reality, it, it... wins and losses. Also, probably on paper, they weren't like the strongest looking team. You know, they remade their outfield on the fly. They had pitching problems. They did. They, lost they their, did. They well, they got their, their MVP at the trade deadline. Yeah. They lost their ace in game one of the World Series to a broken leg. So, yeah, if White Sox fans want to say that, I don't know if that that makes you feel any better. They're the ones that just held a parade yesterday, not the White Sox. Right, right. um, Well, see, that's my point. It's not as easy as drawing a straight line, right? Saying, okay, yeah, the White Sox, they had a better team, so how come they didn't win? There were a lot of things that fell into place for the Braves. And it was a bit of a surprise, just as... Tampa Bay not getting past Boston was a surprise as well, right? If you're looking at records. And that's That's, the playoffs. That's that's the the beauty. Best of seven. That's the beauty of the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's it. And maybe it'll uh, break the the, the Sox way next year, though. And Rick Kahn finally held his end of the season press conference yesterday. He knows there are flaws in this team. Defensively, they have to get better. I've been harping on the fact that they need to be more balanced. And I think that showed up big time in the series against the Astros. So they definitely need some danger. It was danger. magnified for yeah, sure. Yeah, they need some danger from the left side. They have to get better defensively behind the plate, and that is an issue. Like, how, I mean, Grandel is a, a, a damn good hitter from both sides, righty-lefty, but not so much defensively. So no. I don't know how you get better there at a veteran age that he's at. So there are some flaws, but you know what? Maybe if you're a little weak in one area, you get really strong in another. So there's different ways to get there. Um, and the Sox certainly took another step, but, you know, high, high expectations, certainly going into 22. Yeah, and we're going to review what uh, Rick had said. You were there. Uh, yeah. You know, what uh, the, the major moves were, who who are not going to try to sign. I think it's really no surprise after seeing what Hernandez didn't do that we're not going to bother to try to keep him. Right. That was no surprise. I, I actually reported that yesterday that they were declining the option, and no surprise that they picked up the one on Kimbrough. I mean, there may have been a moment of doubt that they really want to spend $16 million, but of course, they aren't going to be spending the $16 million. He will be immediately put on the trade block. They're not going to go to camp next year, or I should say to the season, regular season, sure. with both Hendricks and Kimbrough. That, that's pretty obvious. Uh, but here's the thing they have to sell other teams on. Hey, 
Here, here's the funny thing, Mark. Let's talk about this for a second. And I want to get people's opinions. 312-332-3776. They, until the very end, said, no, this really didn't have anything to do with the inning or role change that right. Kimbrell had, right? Pitching the eighth, it just, you know, things didn't work out so well, right? It's not our fault. We, we, we thought he was the best guy in the market. We put him in the eighth. It didn't work out. But what they have to sell to other teams is, look, he was in the eighth inning. That's not his the exact role. exact opposite, sure. Because anyone trading for him is going to want him to close. And the first team that came to mind, the Philadelphia Phillies. Like, they're a contender that really needs more bullpen help. They, they got better as the season went along. But that would be a great addition. There's other teams that could use him. And so they have to sell other teams on, hey, he'll be great again in the ninth inning. Don't ignore the last two months <laughs> right. of the eighth. Hey, Jess, you know, the thing that's going to help uh, the White Sox is the history, if you look at it. Boston has a, had him as a closer some years ago. They took him out of that role. He ended up with the Cubs, had a rough go of it year one, kind of caught a gear, became a strong pitcher for the Cubs. We got him, had a little slump. Yeah, you could talk about the usage, where he was used, and how how he wasn't effective because he wasn't the quote-unquote closer. You know, there's going to be somebody that takes a chance on him. We just have to be able to maximize that return is all. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to maybe maximize it like you would have if if uh, he had the final two months like his first four months, right? Right. Uh, but you should be able to, to do well because, again, he's a Hall of Fame closer and, and, and showed that the first four months of the season. And the other thing is there's an old saying in probably all of sports, but certainly baseball, there are no bad one-year deals. And if you're a contender – and you're trading for Kimbrel. It's one year. Yeah, it's sixteen million, but most contenders have it. One year. If it works out, great. You win the World Series. If it doesn't, it's sixteen down the tubes, I guess, and you move on from Kimbrel. There are no bad one years, one year deals. So they should be able to maximize the return. I don't know when that kind of a trade would happen. Could be tomorrow. Could be um, in February. You just don't know. I would assume it'd be you know normal timeline. A team wants to get get its it's it's a roster ready for the right. 22 and they're they're missing a closer and they call Rick Hahn and they make a trade in, in due course, obviously, depending on a lockout and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, neither of those moves surprised me. I don't think Rick Hahn made a lot of news yesterday. I thought what was interesting was the comments about the, the trades for Hernandez and Kimbrough at the time. You know, a lot of people are down on them. Um, for moving Kimbrell to the eighth, although I don't know what other avenue they would have done. You can't move Hendricks out. He's your long-term guy there. So the, the question was, should they have traded for him in the first place? It's really hindsight, Mark, because yeah. he was dominant. But, but but Rick Hahn quoted a poker player. He said, look, uh, the poker player said, when I lose, I always go back to the decisions I made. If they were the right decisions, I can live with losing. Rick Hahn said the same thing. The, at the time, he felt like they were the right decisions both – Hernandez and Kimbrell. I disagree a little bit more on Hernandez. I thought um, the kid from Arizona, they got traded to Milwaukee, was a little bit better. Escobar. Um, Escobar. Yeah. But whatever, Hernandez uh, looked okay in Cleveland and just didn't work and out. And see, that's the thing, right? And and I agree. Any White Sox fan that really, really looks at it, you've got to appreciate that Rick took the big swing on Kimbrell. We thought it would work. On paper, it should work. And I And I've heard Steve Stone say this several times. You know, when he was on, uh, he had a, what was it, a hell of a year, Cy Young Award winning year in 1980. And he was pitching for Earl Weaver. And he said, you would go up to a guy like Earl. Now I know this is 40 years ago and this is old school baseball. But you'd say, hey, you know, I'm a pitcher. Where, where do you need me? What's my role, Earl? And he said, when I give you the ball, you get out. That's it. 
I mean, don't worry about the inning. Don't worry about anything. I, we, we I would agree like with it, you. We would like to think it's that simple. It may not be that simple. But Han took the big swing, and as a Sox fan, you have to appreciate the big swing. No, it didn't work out. The Cesar Hernandez thing, though, I thought that could have been a steal. Well, it turned out not to be, but on the way it looked at that point, that came out of nowhere. Here's a guy who had 18 home runs, uh, a gold glove winner, <laughs> and he put the Sox uniform on, and he didn't do anything. So the right decision is to let him go. But I thought that that was a pretty good move. But we have the chance in the offseason now to get ourselves a real second baseman uh, with a big signing, probably the biggest signing we're going to make on free agency uh, on the free agency market, wouldn't you say? Not necessarily. I mean, right field is wide open. Right, um, a, a, a veteran. Well, where would you bat? like to see more, uh, more, uh, uh, more of an asset placed on second or in right no, field? In right field, because that's a pow- that's a power hitting position, okay. mostly okay. by left handed hitters, and that's okay. what they need. Um, so, yeah, I, I would put it now for defense. Yes, yeah, second base a little bit more of a premium position for the infield, um, which was a little shaky at times. So maybe it's splitting hairs. They need a second baseman and they need a right fielder. But I think above all. They need a true left-handed slugger, wherever that play, uh, wherever that guy goes. Right. Maybe it's second. I don't know how many sluggers are at second base, but you know, left-handed sluggers. But one uh, way proven, or another, they, uh, proven because yeah, Gavin Sheets proven. does look good, but he's young, and we don't know where that's going to go. But we need a proven left-handed slugging. In, in, in my opinion, yes. Yeah. It, it, okay. you, you have a chance to win the World Series this year. You need a proven left-handed bat that that scares other pitchers. I mean, Gavin Sheets isn't quite there yet. That, that takes the energy and stress or puts the ener- puts the stress on other pitchers, takes the energy out of them because here comes Kyle Schwarber. Here even comes Jock Peterson. Uh, you know, he's okay. But we know Schwarber's 30 home runs in the bank right now, the way he's matured. So yeah. someone like that, Brant- Brantley would have been a good fit last year. Would have been. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I disagree about Hernandez. I thought Eduardo Escobar was the better option. They were rumored, they were tied to him, and they, they passed on him for whatever reason and ended up on – on Hernandez. Now I'm trying to look up Escobar with the Brewers was, was better, not, not, you know, sort of all-star numbers, but he was better than Hernandez was what was with the, with the Sox. In fact, a lot better, 800 OPS with the Milwaukee Brewers. You got to wonder if the price was bigger than Han wanted to pay at that point. Probably knowing, knowing that uh, he would go into free agency this year. Yeah. 800 OPS out of a second baseman for, for two months is pretty damn good. I didn't realize that I just punched up Eduardo Escobar. So I agree with you on the Kimbrell stuff. You roll the dice. It didn't work. I mean, the fact that didn't, that it didn't work. It's either, it's either more on Kimbrell, the luck of the draw or something else. I put it, the last people I blame are Han and Williams for that, Kenny Williams. That's or Larusa. I'm sorry, you don't. I know people say you don't take a Hall of Fame closer and put him in the eighth inning, but for two months you can. For two months you, you should can. be able to. When you have a long term deal with another guy you just signed for fifty four million, right. I think you should be able to. So that's more on on either Kimbrel or just the bad you know luck, right? He had a point forty nine for four months ERA. Maybe that was just not going to last no matter what. You know, maybe even with the Cubs, it wasn't going to last for those final two months. So I don't, I don't blame that on Hanuman. And it, it was interesting. We heard Hendricks over the summer when that uh, at the trade deadline said, give me the ball in the first. I'll do whatever it takes. He was the guy that said that. He did. So may, I guess you could have done it that way. That's just 
I don't know. But he I is mean, the guy. He is our guy. And yeah. I think that we, we played it right. Kimbrough couldn't fit the situation. The situation wasn't going to fit him. So we move on. Hopefully we can get a return. We're going to go to break. We'll come back. We're going to uh, get a uh, phone call or two if you want to jump in and talk White Sox. 312-332-3776. We'll hear some Rick Hahn audio when we come back as well. It's Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander. This is ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. I don't, I don't break it down that way. Uh, I break it down more as we have X number of needs that we want to address, and free agency is going to have certain options to address a certain need, and, and trades will have others. It's just going to be a matter of how we, how we line them up. Uh, Certainly, you, you spend big on one thing via free agency. Maybe you're, it's better move to address the other need, you know, in a more cost-effective way via trade. But right now, it's just a matter of here are our needs, here are the targets. How do we go about executing on them, converting on them? That is White Sox GM Rick Hahn. You're joining Mark Zander, Jesse Rogers here at ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jesse, you were there. That was his answer to what's the budget. Didn't really give a number, just basically said we're going to get what we need to get. And it sounds like I guess they have to pay up if they have to pay up, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think Jerry Reinsdorf will be willing to do that. I was a little surprised that they didn't go to the max last year in in certain areas other than closer. For example, left-handed bat. They absolutely went on the cheap. Let's let's there's no other way to say. Oh, they did eat. There's no way that Adam Eaton was the the only guy you could possibly get, right? He we was the guy that you could get yeah. at a decent rate that was good, maybe good in the club. I don't even know if that's true, right? No. Because he, he's had past problems. But they liked him, and they liked his price. So they certainly didn't go to the mat at that position. But they did it to closer. They spent money there. They picked up Lynn's contract, re-signed him. So they're, they're willing to spend. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be trade or, or free agency for pitchers and hitters. Like, it could be both. I mean – if I was a caller calling you right now, I'd say, hey, Jesse, you know, uh, you mentioned the uh, Phillies. Uh, how about Craig Kimbrell for Bryce Harper? He'd be perfect for <laughs> us, right? So uh, I don't know if Kimbrell gets you prospects or major league deal. I mean, he's good enough to bring you back a major league ready player, right? So there's a lot of moving parts, especially when you know he's on the market. Uh, but there's certainly enough free agents that the Sox could fill all their holes via that that way as well. Certainly. And uh, Rick Cowan was talking about uh, the position of right field as well. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I don't – let's put it this way. Uh, we feel very bullish on the futures of both Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. Uh, certainly envision them playing significant roles on – multiple White Sox clubs going forward. Uh, spend some time over the course of the next few months figuring out what's the best fit for them in 22. Uh, certainly, you know, there could be DH possibilities for them. There could be right field possibilities for them. Uh, certainly, you know, they're both natural first basemen, and we've seen what, what uh, how quickly Andrew acclimated to, to left field. So they provide us with good op- internal options, and they provide us with some flexibility and Frankly, it's, a, it's too early to say exactly how they're going to be deployed come come 22. You know, Jesse, that kind of seems like, uh, look, they're assets and they're in-house. It certainly isn't signing an Adam Eaton, but it's not going out and getting that big bomber. 
that I think no, that we but, need. But, but there's DH and there's right field. You could easily, for lack of a better way of describing it, platoon yeah. um, Sheets and Vaughn for one year. Maybe one of them gets moved. Who knows? But there's still that opening in right field. So you could do a righty-lefty platoon as they mature and then bring in that big bat for left field or put one of them in right field and bring in the big bat for DH. So there's, there's different ways to get it done. Yeah, there there certainly is, uh, and and I think Vaughn has. Uh, I haven't seen Sheets play right field too much. He had a couple of opportunities. Obviously, Vaughn has proved to be a guy you can plug in anywhere. And yeah. uh, you know, I think that he has a lot of upside, and certainly we like his bat. And he should come around as more of a home run hitter. Uh, it it's kind of seemed like he was kind of tracking in that direction. Mm-hmm. He's got such a great swing. So, you know, maybe that would be the answer. But I just hope that whatever they do, we've had such an issue with right field on the south side for so long. We can go through the names. It's just a waste of time. You know, we haven't, I think I heard, we haven't had a homegrown solid right fielder since, you want to take a guess? Harold Baines? No, Maglio or <laughs> Oh, yeah, or Donias. I went Ordonez. back too far. Yeah, you went yeah. back too far, but not, you know what? I mean, going back to Maglio, that's that's 20 years at least, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A little more? Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. So um, we, we've got to get this right. We've got to get this right. And uh, I, I think, and I I see your point about right field. I think the money has to be sent at uh, spent at second base, um, you, you know, because with that Sheets and Vaughn, you know, maybe possibly platooning, that leaves open second base, and we need a dedicated second baseman. Leori, thank you for your service. If we keep him and plug him in everywhere, that's fine, but I don't want to see him playing every day. I want a stud at second base. Yeah, maybe that, that, that that's who comes back in a Kimbrel trade. Who knows? Although, remember, you're not going to get that much in a Kimbrel trade because they're not, as, they're not worth as much in the offseason on a one-year deal as you might think. They're actually worth a lot at the deadline. I'm talking about closers. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what you get back. But, yeah, I think the needs are obvious. You always have to fortify uh, the pitching staff, both starting and bullpen. Han mentioned that yesterday. Tepera is a free agent. Kopech's going into the rotation. There's two holes right there. I would like to see Tepera resign by the South. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, Yeah, it's possible. Kimbrough's gone more than likely. So that would be three holes right there Mm -hmm. just in bodies um, and in, in production getting the ball to Liam Hendricks. And then, you know, second base, right field. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. We are going to be talking Bears, no doubt. And there's a, there's a guy in Wisconsin that getting, that's getting a oh. lot of attention these days. When we'll do I get to rip him? him. Oh, I mean, that's we're, like we're coming. We're getting there. Just a little like patience, Jess. Low hanging fruit. I know. That's a little patience. Fruit. I'm all about it too. I'm all about it too. But we're going to talk a little Idiot. more baseball, <laughs> and then we'll end up talking to JD at uh, 145 here on ESPN 1000. Before we talk about uh, something that the Cubs did, we're going to hit uh, the phone lines here three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jim in Aurora wants to uh, jump in about the CBA this year. Hey, Jim, you're on ESPN 1000. Mark, how are you? I'm good. Good. Jesse, what have you been hearing, if anything? uh, Are they talking right now to try to reach an agreement? Because nothing that you're talking about, whether it be trades, free agent signings, is going to happen. I think nothing is going to come, and everything's going to come to a standstill until February or March. Yeah, I'm not that pessimistic. They, They are talking. Um, it is absolutely going to pick up right now, starting now until the end of this month. Uh, until this point, there's been no major progress uh, that I've heard. 
But if there's going to be progress, it's going to happen very soon. Most people think it'll take longer than that. And yes, there will be a lockout. I, I, I'm thinking more of like a month longer, you know, 40 day lockout than going into February or March. But I, I, that is just guesswork right now. Uh, so the major stuff hasn't been addressed. They've been exchanging some a couple proposals each, but they really haven't gotten um, anywhere on the major financial issues. All right. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Yep. Uh, so, so we'll see. So those are the, the that's really the sticking point, the financial issues. They really always are. But what else do you see standing out that you see is going to be tough to get done? And there might point? be some there might be some rule changes that that get folded into this, like the pitch clock, for example. Will mm-hmm. they agree? Will players agree to a pitch clock? Um, but most of it is financial issues like the The basic line is. They want to get paid at a younger age because analytics have said, hey, don't pay 30-year-olds, right? So when Chris Bryant wins the MVP in his second year, uh, can he make more than $1.5 million, right? Things like that. Like good players should get paid a little bit sooner, maybe free agency after five years instead of six. And then folded into that is just the idea they want teams to be more competitive in the offseason um, every year instead of these you know, uh, rebuilding cycles we go through where – for example, the Cubs probably are not going to spend 190 on their payroll, 190 million on their payroll, until they get closer to being a contender again. Mm-hmm. So that's what players want to avoid: those cycles of rebuilding, that depressed salaries, and also just get paid, get players paid at a younger age because they're no longer getting paid. You know, the stars get paid, but other than the right. stars, you know, uh, paying 30-year-olds, the analytics have told GMs, hey. Don't pay them much money. I think Anthony Rizzo is probably going through that right now. Do you feel like this is a, a critical CBA compared to some of the recent ones we've been through? I, I, yeah, I mean, they're all critical in their own way. I think they're, it's critical when you tie the rule changes in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's all very critical. They feel like they're on this bad path. I, I said this during the World Series. I love baseball. I love covering it. It's the greatest job I've ever had. But you feel, and this is the way I'll say it, you feel Every minute of a four-hour baseball game, you feel that. I don't think I know you Sean feel, does. Yeah, I don't think you feel every minute of a three-and-a-half-hour football game. Now, there's rarely four-hour football games, but, um, you know, football goes kind of fast. I went to the Bears' home opener, and it flew by. It flew by. Yeah. I was at the World Series, the pinnacle, and you feel every – so I think they want to fix that first and foremost, and there's different ways to do that at least get more action in the game so you don't feel every minute of those four hours, right? Yeah. If there's action, you're maybe not feeling it, but also just to reduce that. So, yeah, it's critical because it's going to address a lot of different things. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing if we can avoid a lockout. I'm not sure that we can. Hopefully it won't be too long and we can just kind of get on with this because, you know, uh, we've seen in the COVID year how much it impacted sports and you know, nobody wants to go back to that. No, no matter how, what the cause is, right? If you're talking about a lockout or a pandemic, we just want things to return to normal, and a lockout is going to knock it off a whack. Well, here's the thing, and I'm going to the GM meetings on Monday in San Diego. That's where all the GMs and agents meet, and the league will be there, and I'm going to get a lot of information about all this stuff. But the one thing I know the league wants wants people to understand is if there's a lockout, that's going to be a headline. That doesn't mean you're missing games. I mean, the lockout is December 1st. Games start in March, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a tool to get the union serious about talking again. Like, it's just a tool. Right. It's just a negotiating tool. 
Um, it's, it's a scary thing to hear that word. But if this was March and they were locking him out, then, then you know, shame on both sides. But who really cares if it's, quote, a lockout in Well, December, if it's an early lockout, no, no you're absolutely right. Yeah, but we've seen no sports where, you know, lockout meant, you know, taking part of the season. I want to get to what the uh, Cubs did. Wade Miley claimed off of waivers. Uh, the Reds let him go, and the, uh, the uh, Cubs picked him up. And uh, how do you think that's going to impact? That's quite a bit of uh, salary that the Reds got rid of, right? Well, it goes back to what I said about Kimbrell. There are no bad one-year deals. So mm-hmm. the Cubs um, get him for one year. Yes, it's ten million, and that's there's there's some good there's good and bad news if you if you deep dig deep. Some people have asked me, oh man, this must mean the Cubs are going to spend a lot. Not necessarily. It means they're going to spend some, but I think they're going to keep it nimble, like a one year ten million dollar deal uh, enables you to be. Yeah. I think that that I think it's more telling of of what kind of deals they're going to make than the fact that they're just going to spend big money. But I, I give them credit because there are teams ahead of them in the waiver system that passed on him. And, and, and that's a pretty good deal for him. He's a, he's a $10 million one-year pitcher. He had a good year last year. He's been on playoff teams the last few years. He's got some nasty stuff when he's on. Um, I followed his career. I, I, I like, I, and, and actually, actually, Mark, in 2019, he joined the Astros, the mighty Astros. And uh, our people in Bristol asked us for one long-shot bet to, to, for, for a blog post they were writing. And my long shot bet in 2019, I mean, this is totally random, was that Wade Miley would lead the majors in wins because I thought his stuff was good enough and he was joining a powerhouse offensive team. Now, it didn't work out that way, but he still pitched well. He pitched well for the Brewers before that, um, had a good 21 season. So there's nothing wrong with Wade Miley, but I don't believe it means the Cubs are going to go out there and spend on Correa and and Schwarber, bring him back, and Rizzo, whatever. I, I, I think it just means they're going to keep it nimble and, and sign guys like Wade Miley to, to get them somewhat more competitive but not tie their hands in terms of contracts. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, where they are right now and what they're trying to do, you're probably right. They'll get uh, to more deals like this. We're going to come back and talk about uh, Mr. Rogers. Up on the the other uh, Mister Rogers, yeah, yeah. yeah Thank the God, other not Mr. spelled Rogers. the same, not spelled the same yeah, way. Yeah, no, he's got a this, he's this got a D. The, what does that stand for? Yeah, yeah this never is mind. the one. This is the one time I'm glad I'm not related to him. <laughs> right. And apparently, right. He doesn't talk to his family. So even if I was, related yeah, he to wouldn't. Him, he wouldn't sure. give you the time of day. Yeah. Are you kidding me? All right, I, we'll I don't want the time to... of day. I want the I want his paycheck. But anyway, right, right. Well, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and the mess he seems to be getting himself in, and it gets deeper by the minute. Apparently, it's ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers and Mark Zander will be back in a minute. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander, this is ESPN 1000. We're getting around to talking about the other Rogers, the guy with the D in his name, Aaron Rogers. Green and gold, Jesse, ring a bell? I mean, maybe we should just open up the phone lines and let people rip on him because it's, just, <laughs> it's such low-hanging fruit yeah, right you know, now. Yeah, he was on He's the Pat... become a national punchline. He really has. You know, he has. He was on the Pat McAfee show. Apparently, this is something he's done weekly. And right. he used that as a platform to explain himself because he has contracted COVID-19. He's not playing tomorrow. 
And all of a sudden it came out that when he said he was immunized, it wasn't vaccinated. He used that word to skirt around the situation. And it turns out he had a little uh, you know, advice. He, he sought uh, he sought knowledge from higher uh, higher level, and uh, here's some of what he said about the advice that he got and who he talked to. I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, <laughs> after he got COVID, and I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the <laughs> phone to me, and I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. And I'm thankful for people like Joe stepping up and using their voice. I'm thankful for my medical squad. Um, and I'm thankful for all the love and support I've gotten. But I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C and D, HCQ, and I feel pretty incredible. Oh, he's good then. He's good. <laughs> He's good, well, Doctor Rogers. The, well, no, no one doubted that he would recover, but this this silliness of his medical team and uh, by the way, have we investigated what exactly he's allergic to in the vaccine? Uh, what is that all about? Please, come on. Yeah, you come know what? On. For me, for me, Jess, it, it's really not even about if he was vaccinated or not. It's about how he was being misleading. How yeah, he course. may have put that. a lot of people. You know, he may have put a lot of people at risk. But aside from that, the NFL has rules and protocols. And it seems like he broke some of those because he was not as forthcoming with the information uh, as he needed to be, as others have been. And And that's as simple as it is for me. You know, throw out the, is he allergic? Can he take the vaccine? Throw all of that out. I don't care if he wants to get shot up with... uh, horse uh treatments the ivermectin that's uh, that's that's medicine for horses so uh, you know and i forgot oh it's deworming medicine that's what it is for farm animals it's okay he wants to deworm himself that's all fine and good <laughs> the point is he broke because he was misleading he broke the trust of his fans uh which i don't know if he cares about but more importantly he broke the uh, the protocols, the NFL protocols, and now he's now he's bashing the NFL. I mean, this and guy, the media and, and the, the media. media and the media. Oh. We're the woke mob now. We're the he's woke such, mob what because a, what a, the he's cancel the snowflake culture. Here. Yeah. He's the snowflake here. By the way, Prevea Health. He was a spokesperson. Uh, this, they just tweeted they've cut ties with him. Wow. Prevea I wonder Health. if State Farm is not too far behind. I hope so. I hope so. I hope he gets everything that he deserves, which is nothing. And by the way. Um, we've talked about this before. We could debate people's choice and all that other crap, go down that rabbit hole sure, if we want. Sure. But this is a fact. This is a fact. And this is something that I was critical of Anthony Rizzo for, but at least Rizzo admitted it. And what I'm getting at is, what I'm getting at is, this is a fact. If not for the rest of the world, you know, the larger part of the world getting vaccinated, he would not have a football season to play in. He would not have a salary. If the rest of us, if we all followed his stupidity and nobody got vaccinated, we'd be back in lockdown because our hospitals would be overrun. We'd be in lockdown. There'd be no football season. There'd be no baseball season. And at least when Anthony Rizzo discussed not getting vaccinated, he said as much. He said, I at least want to, I, some, I'm paraphrasing, I want to thank everybody else for, for doing their, their part in this thing. Like he had acknowledged it. 
Right. Screw you, Aaron Rodgers. If I'm not vaccinated, if uh, your, your Packer fans are, if, if most of us aren't vaccinated, you don't have a football season. What gives you the right to be the guy not vaccinated? What gives anybody the right to live their life like normal now because the rest of us took the shot, but you didn't? Because if none of us took it, we'd be back in lockdown. That's no, you're, you, you've got a great point. And it's, he's enjoying his career and his whatever this offseason drama was. Then he comes paycheck. back and he's enjoying his paycheck and everything because of what you just said. And you're right because most people chose to do that. And now, okay, again, if he has an allergy to something, whatever. But as soon as he said, I consulted a good friend of mine, a podcaster, <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> that that's when I lost it. That's when I completely lost it. If that is your frame of reference, dude, then good luck to you. But as you see, things are starting to fall apart. And what a he, snowflake! And then he he'll only go on Pat McAfee's show where he's not going to get challenged. And right. I've never I've right. never that's listened, easy. so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not easy. blaming Pat McAfee. I'm just saying that he, it's like his it's like his paid appearance or whatever. Right. Like right. you know, it, go in front of the the Green Bay media. And, and by the way, nobody was on a witch hunt. If I was on a witch hunt, we would have printed um, every Cub and Sock player that wasn't un- that wasn't vaccinated from day one. No one did that. Rizzo happened to say it on Cap Show. That's yeah. the only way we found out right. in passing almost. So there was no witch hunt. He's a oh, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Look, uh, up until this year, I liked that he was quiet and confident. He has lost his damn mind. And uh, thankfully, he does not wear a bear sweater. Oh, they drafted Jordan Love. I'm going to go hide in my little cave. <laughs> they drafted Jordan Love. I don't want to play for them anymore. Oh, you mean they have to They have to continue their franchise after I retire? Yeah. They have to consider what's next? Oh, how oh, soon he, How soon he forgot what happened with his predecessor, Brett Favre, and how he yeah. had to sit and wait. We're going to go to the phone lines, 312-332-3776. Doug in Arlington Heights wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Rogers. Hey, Doug, welcome to ESPN 1000. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, the whole thing with Rogers, first of all, he's not a team player, never has been. No, you're will. right. You're right. And he's his, he may be a great individual player, but he's not a money player. I mean, how many Super Bowls does he have? So, I, But the bigger point is on this whole COVID thing is he's he's proven that he's can't you can't trust what he's saying at face value. You have to cross-examine him like a lawyer to really understand if he's telling the truth or if he's lying. I mean, all the things he said on that show yesterday, he had no cross-examination. Right, what right. are you allergic to? What are, what are your 500 reports? Are any of them any of them peer-reviewed? He's just totally lost any trust that I had in him uh, for a long time. And, and I would imagine a lot of his fans feel the same way. I, I, you know, look, all this Probably drama. Probably not Green Bay, to, but yeah. Well, well <laughs> you know, to a certain degree, he, you know, he took a hit with all this off-season drama stuff. I, I, to what degree, I'm not sure. But it's, this certainly must have added to it. And to me, thanks, Doug, for the phone call. To me, this seems, again, not about if he if he takes it, if he doesn't, if it's uh, an allergy, if it's a religious objection, whatever it is. He misled the NFL and his team. And, and, the, and the public. And, and the, the public, public. And that is going to be a problem that sticks to him for quite a while. Uh, well, that's why I say I love that he's a, he's a national punchline. CNN, every uh, outlet is playing his, his tape from before and then and then playing the tape now. You know, when he said he was vaccinated or immunized, whatever he said. I mean, <laughs> right. I am know, immunized. Okay. Yeah, whatever, dude. Whatever. Be, by, with your own. I love it that he. he I have he, been dewormed, everybody. Yeah. And he took that treatment to the NFL and said, does this mean I'm vaccinated? And they're like, no. 
Of course not. And then, and then there was something about he was trying to talk to the NFL to consider this course of action. It's like, no, thanks. You and Joe Rogan, go take that somewhere else. Yeah. We're, not, is, we're not buying what you're selling. I wasn't one of those that hated him because he just played on Green Bay. I, you know, I totally respected him. I actually liked him. But, you know, between the offseason and this and the Jordan Love, you know, give me a break. The guy's a prima donna and everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Yeah, and just happened to have a golden arm. It, it, it. It's fun to watch this from Chicago to look north yeah. and see all this drama because it's only going to get worse. Oh, and that reminds me, I don't know if I'm rooting for Green Bay or against them tomorrow because I kind of want Jordan Love to light it up. But then again, I also want them to lose by 50 because it's Green Bay. But I think I'm leaning towards the first thing because it's not yeah, like the Bears you, are you know beat you them just, out. As you just mentioned it, I'm all good with Jordan. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah we, we can put our name, uh, our fandom behind that Jordan for at least one game. We're going to come back and talk to JD. He's uh, willing to talk about the Bay. Yeah, your guy. Yeah, you guys are old friends. We'll talk about the Bears. We'll probably <laughs> talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll come back and do that right after this. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers and Mark Xander here on ESPN 1000. Have a little fun with what's going on, the drama north of the cheese curtain. JD joins us to talk about the Bears and uh, what we look forward to seeing Monday against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Hey, JD. Guys, it's it's great to be with you. You know I love you both if I'm taking time to do this as Illinois is trying to hold off Minnesota's rally. Off well, and we, we appreciate that. I'm sure you have an eye on the TV, though. Well, I do, but of my course. focus is with you guys and the Bears and yeah. the cheese curtain and Aaron Rodgers and all that fun <laughs> stuff. But yeah, Boy, what, it, what is, it is not going to get any better for him anytime soon up there, and it's fun to watch from down here. Yeah, look, tell, I think tell if, us, if yeah, anybody if anybody has had any experience with Aaron Rodgers, the person, they would not be surprised at all by what's transpired here the last couple of days. I mean, this is who he is, but he is a fantastic player. My guess is, knowing how petty he is, he will use this as further motivation. And when he comes back after he gets off the COVID list, he'll probably be even better than he was before. That's just how things tend to work out for Green Bay and for Aaron Rodgers. But it is comical. Uh, the reaction was uh, not surprising to me whatsoever. Uh, but it just kind of is what it is. Now, it would be nice... If you could look at this and say, okay, no Aaron Rodgers, this has got to help the Bears in the standings, right? Uh, Not really. I mean, they're four games out right now behind Green Bay. I think this is a bigger weekend for like teams that are chasing the Packers for the one seed, like the Rams, like Arizona, like teams like that. It would just be nice if the Bears could find a way to get themselves back in the mix and a win against the Steelers doesn't all the way do that. But, guys, it would make it a whole lot better going into the bye. Trust me. It would. Uh, what do you expect out of uh, Jordan Love up there? Do you, do you expect him to really show up? Is that going to be something that uh, gets people's minds, minds off, um, off of Aaron? You know, and, and him not being there is a solid performance from Mr. Love? Everything I heard from the great, and he'll give Jesse a run for his baldness, Rob Domofsky. <laughs> our Packers reporter up for our NFL Nation group. Everything I read and talked to Rob about Jordan Love this summer was he was very impressive. So, again, I mean, 
Now, that goes away because he hasn't had the time since Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback. He came back, and he's been the guy, of course, in the regular season. I would expect a respectable effort from Jordan Love. I don't think he'll bomb. I don't think he'll be, like, sensational. But I think he'll be in the good to very good category. I do think there's a lot of potential there. I understand the thinking of drafting him. I just feel the way the Packers did it was so clunky, knowing Rodgers, knowing who he is, knowing how he would react to these things. They made a mistake there. But I don't think their evaluations of Jordan Love were too far off. And I think that performance this weekend might further validate that. Well, I, for one, am rooting for him just to make, uh, you know, Rogers squirm a little bit because we know he didn't love the fact that they drafted him. But, um, you know, sitting and watching can do a lot. We saw Rogers have success after watching. So here's Jordan Love getting a chance to watch a Hall of Famer just like Rogers did. And, you know, maybe he'll perform. Uh, it's not like they have a lot of tape on him. Right, J.D.? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's preseason stuff you can you go back and watch and you always watch yeah. that stuff. Look, it's the Packers way. They have guys sit behind future Hall of Famers that become Hall of Famers themselves. I can't explain it. Um, maybe it's something in the water up there. You know, there is something in the water up there. I know that. Cheese curds. Yeah, maybe it's the cheese curds. Maybe it's – I don't know what it is. But um, it's not a bad position that he's been in. My guess is he has tried to absorb whatever he can from Aaron Rodgers. And now let's see what he can do. Look, this is just temporary. I mean, this is all going to blow over. Um, I don't know why Rodgers reacted the way he did when he was caught in an obvious lie. But you know, people do what they do. That's fine. Um, this will, again, this will, this will pass when Rodgers comes back. But in the meantime, this is a great sort of audition for Jordan Love when Rodgers is likely not back with the Packers next year and it's Jordan Love's team, now he can have this experience to go back and lean on, which for him and the Packers is going to be very good. Now, J.D., before we get off of this subject and get into the Bears, which we we will do, real quick, did did or do we know that Aaron Rodgers did mislead the NFL and the protocols and he broke protocols and if he will have to deal with some sort of punishment for that? The, the only thing that I know via Rob Domofsky's reporting, and I, you could see it yourself, is that he did not wear his mask during press conferences. Okay. Look, when you're unvaccinated, you are supposed to wear your mask. Now, some way, somewhere along the way here, that, that rule got lost in translation or something because I guarantee you there have been players across the league that are unvaccinated that have felt like they can do their press conferences without masks on. You're supposed to wear a mask. That's like the telltale sign if a guy has been vaccinated or not is if he shows up to the podium wearing a mask. Right. So they don't want to be identified necessarily. I, I don't know if, if maybe yeah. that is something yeah. to be said about that. But that's the only protocol that you know he broke. Everything else they'll have to investigate internally. As Matt LaFleur said, they have cameras everywhere. So if he wasn't wearing his mask when he should have been in certain positions in certain spots in the building, they'll have a way of knowing that. Okay. Yeah, I think he, he went to the NFL and said, I have my own sort of vaccine, so does this, does this clear me? And they said no. I think that's kind of what happened. And that's why he felt like he was not lying when he told the the public he was immunized. So, which is ridiculous, Jesse. It's totally ridiculous. Obviously. Hey, it's I, have ridiculous. Own, uh, I have my own. I have my own way of doing my job. ESPN.com. How about if yeah. I just dictate everything over the phone? 
to the editor and let them write it, but it's still it's still good, right? I'm still doing my job, right? <laughs> and they they told him, no way, you're not vaccinated. No. What are you talking about? And then he gets busted. So anyway, uh, let's let's move on to the Bears. How about it? Um, David Montgomery's going to return to practice. Is that yeah. uh, a good thing? I very good thing. I mean, very yeah. good sign that he'll be ready to go this on Monday. Um, you know, usually when you come back off and they open up that window, you usually play right away. He's had a couple of weeks to rest. Hey, nothing wrong with that run game. Khalil Herbert's been outstanding. Well, I tell you that Herbert, wow. He's been great. Out out of his mind. I mean, nobody really saw that coming. What a pleasant surprise. You know, he was drafted just to be a return man because when the Bears made that pick, you know, they had David Montgomery. They had signed Damian Williams. You had to figure that Tariq Cohen was going to be available at some point this year, and he maybe still will be. That's to be determined. But Khalil Herbert has exceeded every expectation. He runs low to the ground. He's got a great center of gravity, and he's a tough guy to bring down. So they need to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball against the Steelers. And I think they're going to, especially with Montgomery coming back. I don't see Herbert getting as many opportunities with David Montgomery back in the mix, but he's not a guy you just crinkle up and throw away. I mean, he's been too good. You've got to find a way to make both of those guys work, and I think the Bears will. Absolutely. Are you surprised there was no action at the trade deadline for the Bears? Not not at all. Okay. Not, not, Not at all. I just didn't see that happening. I don't think that their assets were that desirable, given their contractual statuses, given the money. I don't think the Bears were in a position where they felt like they wanted to pay teams to take someone off their hands. Like, hey, we'll pay $9 million of Allen Robinson's remaining salary. They didn't want to do that. And plus, they're trying to win games. They have not, they ha- they have not surrendered the season, even though a lot of us have sort of looked at it and say, wow, they're in, they're in bad shape right now. But they're doing everything they can to try to win games and losing some of these guys at the trade deadline in their mind was not a, was not a good way to have that formula to win games. So what gives this uh, Monday night on defense? Uh, Roethlisberger gets rid of the ball pretty quick, but he's yeah. pretty immobile. Um, the, the, the Bears have not been sacking people lately, probably because of the injuries. Um, is there some improvement there that that we're not seeing? What's going on in terms of that pass rush? I think think having an immobile quarterback, Jess, is going to help. I really do. I can't figure out the Steelers. Are they good or are they not good? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't don't know if the Bears are going to be the best way to gauge that. But I think as far as the Bears go defensively, you know, Khalil Mack still hasn't practiced this week. We'll get the final report here. I don't think it's out since we've been talking, but we should get the final injury report coming out here pretty soon. You know, not having him as a loss. They got to get Robert Quinn back in the mix after last week. You know, after you know he comes off the COVID list, doesn't do anything last week. They need him badly. Um, Akeem Hicks with the groin. You know, that's certainly still problematic. They're watching that closely. Uh, I, I think it sets up nicely for the Bears to have a good performance defensively. Now, what they do offensively is going to determine this game. You know, can they continue to build off of what Justin Fields did last week? Guys, there were people doing cartwheels over Justin Fields' performance last week when it was okay. Now, the run was sensational, the touchdown run. But he was just okay, you know. But better, but better than the week before. But and that's better, what, right? That's what we're looking for exactly. is that, that progress from week to week. But it wasn't like a defining moment in no, his career or anything right. like that. I mean, come on, we're right? starved, JD. We're starved. I, 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 I would know. say the run was the, a defining moment to this point. Yo, yes, that know? was a defining yeah. play. Defining in a, play in a right. loss to a team you should have beaten. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was a very nice play. But he can play a lot better, and he needs to play a lot better, and they lost. And it wasn't as if the Niners came in here 
on a roll. They had lost four games in a row. Come on, that was a terrible loss last week. But if he can keep improving and they can run the ball and play good defense, I think they got a very good shot to win. Yeah, the Steelers are a bit of uh, an enigma. They're a mystery. For sure. Yeah, they, yeah. they really are. Look, ben, They're definitely not ben great. Is, yeah, Ben They're is on the way out great. to retirement. I mean, what was it? Yeah. Was it last year where they had first half of the season was just lights out and they just collapsed? That was yeah, last yeah. year, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so, um, you know, we're, we're seeing the end of, uh, Big Ben's career now, and they have some pieces. They have a great head coach, but I think we could take one. But more importantly, the continued, uh, development of Justin Fields. Now, there has been reporting, reporting, I should say, that there is, before we let you go, uh, you know what? They're, they're talking about how they are starting to look for the replacement for Nagy. Is that true? Is, is that just, is that just something that is just going to be forever being, you know, written about until actually something happens? Any coach that's three and five, stuff's going to be talked about. Yeah, that okay. just is. Right. That just comes with the territory. I mean, it's are you? Been a but, and you're not year. surprised because certainly last year when we heard that press conference where everybody's good, everybody's great, we love everybody, we're great. You well, know, they, they can love everyone all they want, but they got to make the playoffs. And they've done that two of the last three years, but this year was kind of like uh, they thought it was kind of like a turning point season because of the contracts. Because mm-hmm. Nagy only has two years left, and I'm sure they gave Pace an extra year to match up with Nagy. So I mean, they got to kind of make their decisions here going into a lame duck season because no one wants to do that. Do you extend a guy or do you fire him? And they're kind of uh, you know you know getting in that in that realm where they have to make some very hard decisions. I know nobody cares about this, but you know being a reporter that's covered this kind of stuff, it, 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 I, if they leak that on purpose, if it's true, that no, that's unpro- no, unprofessional. No. Okay, but the other thing is then that that should be a, a list in Pace's head. That shouldn't be written down anywhere that it could end up out after a week, whatever we're in. You know, like I it just that gives me a bad feeling if that's actually going on putting together a list that's uh, that's available to be leaked if it was true. So I don't know. I, I, I wonder about that reporting because it's it was pretty specific and it's it's pretty unprofessional to let that leak out this early in the season, so to speak. I'm sorry. That's just my feeling. Right, right. And I get that. And I think Bears fans that, uh, you know, we listened to that press conference last year and it was it was like uh, so much love and so much confidence for everybody. We really thought that, you know, no matter what happens, I think we may be stuck with Pace and Nagy. Now we're seeing that maybe that is not the case, that uh, McCaskies do understand that they have to take it to another level now that they have a quarterback that seems to be a franchise quarterback moving forward. Look, I'll take uh, his legs out in week 16, not now. That's my feeling. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything to that. But listen, if you're Ryan yeah. Pace, uh, you need to win because they're not going to let you hire a third head coach. Think about right, that. Right. So, I yeah. mean, come on. They both could be gone. Who knows? All right, J.D., yeah, you're the thank best. You. Thanks, J.D. You're All right, guys, best. take care. Great talking to both of you guys. Good, Good, Good luck, L.I. Good luck. <laughs> Hanging on. In the yeah. fourth. See ya. ESPN 1000. We're going to talk more about uh, the Bears, and uh, we've got a poll that talks uh, – kind of addresses what we were talking about about uh, Coach Nagy and his future with the Bears. And and we'll dig more into that article that we were referencing here. It's uh, Jesse Rogers and Mark Zander, ESPN 1000. Remember, the ESPN 1000 app, it's easy, and you can get all the uh, some of the audio we're playing, Rick Hahn and everything. You know, anything that happened during the week, catch up. You can do that via the podcast section on the app at ESPN 1000. Very easy to use. Even Jesse Rogers can use that. <laughs> Good point. Back <laughs> after this.
Bears on ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander. On a Saturday afternoon, we're going to get to the phones 312-332-3776. Jesse is uh, doing some remodeling, apparently. Is there Jess? Oh, no, it's just my drink. Oh, okay. Sounds like you were uh, hanging pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there we go. Watch. So we have, oh, there we go. You need a soft coaster. So, so. Uh, we have, um, we just got word that the injury report is out. Khalil oh, Mack oh, is- oh, oh, time out, time out. We got something else. We got breaking news. Uh-oh. The Chicago Blackhawks have relieved Jeremy Col- Colton of his coaching duties. Whoa, really? Along with the uh, assistant coaches. Wow. Wait, let's, wow. let's, let's do that again. Let's do it official. Go ahead, Sean. Make it official. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Over to Jesse Rogers. The Chicago Blackhawks have relieved Jeremy Colton, Thomas Mitto, and Sheldon Brookbank of their coaching duties and have named Derek King interim head coach effective immediately. Wow. Derek King of the Rockford Ice Hogs. When yes. I was in Rockford running a couple stations, good guy. Talk to him, former NHL player. Uh, he's done good with the Ice Hogs, so they uh, have Derek King behind the be- bench. I'm not totally surprised. You know, something was going to happen. I thought maybe they would get uh, after this whole mess. They'd find a, uh, uh, a president of hockey ops to maybe make that decision. But you know, you can't wait too long. You know, there's too many empty seats in the uh, United Center these days. Unbelievable. Yeah, what so the, a, that's a clean sweep, too. That is a clean sweep of that coaching staff. Unbelievable. Coaching staff, the GM, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. clean sweep of that whole organization, which so funny. I, you know, I used to do the pre and post game way back when they were voted the worst. Organization I was three years old when you did that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were a little bit older. <laughs> uh, worst organization in sports. Then they go to one of the best organizations in sports. And now they're pretty much back to being one of the worst. You know, Jess, ways, you know, Jess as as a uh, and I know we took a hard left turn here, but uh, news dictates as a hardcore Hawks fan, a guy who actually owns season tickets at the old stadium in the 300 level. I am that old. I really remember those tough years with Pulley and uh, old man Dollar Bill. And how everything was closed off and it was their way or the highway. And then uh, Bill Wirtz passes away. We thought Peter was going to take it over. Then Rocky showed up and he was every man. He was for every fan. And everything turned around. We had all those championships. And now we find ourselves at today with, with this firing. Obviously, this is probably a step that they needed to take. But, but... We haven't, and, and I know that there are lawsuits hanging in the balance, so we're not going to hear from Rocky. But at some point, the way Rocky came in and saved the day back in 2008, I would love to hear from Rocky when he can to come and save the day again. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, I think he, it has, he, he has it in him, but it's like starting over completely. And well, it, it, look, like it is, but I think... Uh, you know, whether it's Rocky or maybe it's Danny, once things are settled, somebody comes out and is just very uh, frank and direct with us as the fan base and say, we screwed up. We're going to do better. They did some of that, but to actually take 
questions and go ahead and be very transparent and very positive and very direct so we can just kind of let go of that past and move forward. 312-332-3776 if you want to react to it. Jeremy Colleton and yeah, uh, coaching out. staff. Yeah, I mean, as was of he, like four minutes ago. There's a lot of people that would say he was a bad hire in the first place. He, you know, he was, but you go back and, and now with what we know about Q, and there's a guy, diminished legacy, but you know, seemingly to let go of him, and we really don't know why he was let go now. Yeah, you know, there. I well, mean, they that, stink. Yeah, well... <laughs> Well, no, I'm it saying stinks. no, no, no. I'm not saying college. I'm saying Q oh. back when oh, they Q, let right, Q right. go. Well, look now Q with all Stan this Bowman, with all Q this and, other stuff going on. Yeah, maybe that Q was and, part of it too. No, I don't know. Q and Stan Bowman never got along. Um, the thinking within the industry was that Stan was always looking for a chance to fire him. I mean, they just didn't get along, so it was only a matter of time. Let's yeah, I suppose. And I, McDonough I and suppose. John McDonough took. Stan's side of this whole thing. Right. He didn't take Quinville's side. He took Stan's side. So all that it was personal and deeper than than the is- other issues that went on. And they found a moment to fire. And, him it, and it's a, and it's a shame because you know ahead of all of this, Quinville had his team at four or five and zero, oh, and uh, Colleton, yeah. uh, you know, had had a uh, losing record. And you looked at it at face value and said, "Why did that happen?" Well. We're we're down the line now, and this is a good way to kind of move forward. Derek King, now the interim head coach. Uh, they didn't name him head coach, right? It's interim, according yeah, to interim. the person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. interim. Yeah. yeah, and that's not a surprise. So, no, all right. not at all. They, I mean, it's a reset for the whole organization. And they need, getting rid they of anything, one. any anything associated with Stan, John McDonough. Uh, they're everyone's out. Everyone's mm-hmm. out, and they've got to start over. I mean, they probably should train trade Kane, um, and if. Taves is available. I mean, just you got to start. Nah, this thing over. nah, nah, no. Nah. We, we, uh, look. What do you mean, look, no? I, I probably should have traded him two years ago, to be honest. No, he's still a high performer. I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to let that go yet. We, we need to transition, and that's, that's a cut too deep. <laughs> For me, no, I'm, for me, I'm sorry. It's just how it works. Your, your team is resetting itself. And you have this veteran star that can still perform. You, you get what you can for. Well, you know what? That may be the case after this year. I don't well, think that's going maybe. to happen during the season, but uh, no, Probably you're right. Not. You have to you have to get out of an asset while it still has value and get some youth. And I get that. And maybe with the new hockey ops and and the upper management, and eventually when a new coach is named, they will have a plan to move forward. Because yes, we are we are segueing out of the Taves and Kane era, and we have to get out and actually get some assets for that at some point. I know Hawks fans would love to see one or both of them actually retire as a, a Blackhawk, but I'm not sure that that will actually happen. Wouldn't it be easier to move Kane when you had some goodwill with the fans? And you don't have much coming no, off of no, this that's scandal. A, no, you're, you, that's a great point, Sean. Um, no, you, yeah, have but... to, you have to wait to, for the goodwill, and the goodwill's gone right now. That's exactly who we need on this team is Kane. You know, I don't know if I agree with that. I think the goodwill comes if you if you reset your organization to to being a contender sooner rather than later, and to advance that, you probably have to trade him. We're a long way off, though. We're a long yeah. way off. We're uh, a, Kane, with or without. Well, here's what are. I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. A Kane trade right now is not going to get us any closer. So it, it's how much do you have to lose? What do you mean? Not if you. What if you get a couple good prospects that gets you closer? Not immediately. Not well, necessarily. You're not going to get good immediately no matter what you do. You have no chance. None. This season's done. 
Well, we do we do have a new head coach. It's we, over. This we do have done. we do have the talent on that team. Theoretically, we have the talent. I think Collington lost them, and I'd like to see what Derek King can do with them before right. we make a final determination. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We've got Bear fan Bob. He's been on the. Uh, on the line for a while. He wants to talk about the Bears and what we have to look forward to on Monday. He's always really well thought out. Hey, Bear fan Bob, welcome to ESPN 1000. You're on with uh, Jesse and uh, Xander. Jesse, Mark, it's been good to talk with you. Jesse, it's been a while again. You know, twice in one year, that's a record for you and I. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you know, I got to I gotta thank all of us vets out there because it is Veterans Day coming up. we got to remind us. Yeah, thank remind you for everybody. That, yeah. And don't forget to set your clocks. I'm a clock man, so at least I got to tell everybody that. Okay. And then we're gonna and then we're gonna talk about the Bears. So the defense, feel free to tackle the guy with the football. You can do that anytime. <laughs> are you talking and about one way, guy like Eddie Jackson, or are we talking about everybody? How about any of them? Okay. You know, I was at that San Francisco game, and anytime you give a quarterback six seconds or more, because I'm a clock man, I sat up there and I counted it to pass the football, you know, he could eat a sandwich, smoke a cigar, you know, do whatever, call somebody, and then throw the football maybe. You know, Roethlisberger is going to kill you, and he's going to kill you very quickly. You know, it's just not going to happen unless they do something about that. Uh, then we're going to go to the offense, okay? I kind of think the, the – uh, I lost my thought here. Anyways, Justin <laughs> Douglas – yeah, Justin Douglas is not the way to go, a.k.a. Bobby Douglas here. Anytime you want your quarterback to run for 100 yards, dude, he's, this young man is going to get killed, and he's going to get killed quickly. So here's a thought. How about a two-back set? You know, Peyton and Sue used to do that. Peyton and Thomas used to do that. Every now and then you would see it. Not too often, but it was quite successful. And, you know, you can, they're, they're both good blockers. You can at least do something because the Bears do run block pretty well. You know, it, it can get you some points. It'll get you down the field, at least that. Also, Fields has to learn how to throw timed passes, and he's got to throw them down the field. And I know part of that is him and part of that is coaching. Early in the game, if they don't do this early in the game, get that ball down the field throwing it, uh, Tomlin is just going to stack the box, and he's going to kill him, and he's going to kill him real quick. I mean, it, this is just going to be a repeat. I don't want Justin Fields to be running the ball all the time. Uh, let's see here. And that, that's kind of about what I got for today. And, guys, I hope they win, but I, I don't know about this one. Have a great day. Oh, by the way, Rodgers is an idiot. He needs to quit lying about all this stuff. Okay, I live up here right, in Wisconsin. I get tired of hearing it. So <laughs> right, have a good day, you. guys. Yeah, Take thanks, care. buddy. Yeah, uh, Bear fan Bob always uh, well prepared. You know, sometimes we lose our notes. You know, we kind of kind of have to goes. readjust. But um, you know what i I took a point out of what he was saying. Tomlin is a hell of a coach. Nagy, not so much. So we're up against a hell of a coach, right? You know, we're trying to figure out how this Steeler, what this Steelers team is, but we forget about Mike Tomlin, a great coach. And that right there just might be the difference. Maybe. 312-332-3776 the number. So we've got to continue on with the breaking news, though, Mark. Um, yeah. The, the, the Blackhawks firing Jeremy Colton, their head coach, um, inserting the Rockford head coach, Derek King, as the interim. Um, there's some statements here from ownership and 
Kyle Davidson, the new GM. You want to hold those? We'll go to break and we'll come back. Let's go to break and then we'll uh, cover this. And and we'll also talk about the poll we have and we'll wrap that up before we're out of here at 2.30. It's uh, Jesse Rogers and Mark Zander here at ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander, ESPN 1000, as we've talked about. It happened just a little bit ago. Blackhawks fired coach Jeremy Colleton. And also going with him, Thomas Mattel and Sheldon Brookbank. So that's a clean, clean sweep of the uh, coaching staff on the bench for the Blackhawks. Derek King, interim head coach. He had been uh, coaching with the Rockford Icehawks. So that and this is from, uh, big news, yeah. Yeah, and this from Blackhawks CEO Danny Wirtz, the CEO, not Rocky. Okay. It has been an extremely difficult couple of weeks for our organization. We have had to come to terms with a number of necessary changes. As we look to move forward, we know we must earn back the trust of our fans. We are grateful for the support of our entire community as we work to do just that. On the ice, interim general manager Kyle Davidson has our full confidence and autonomy to make hockey decisions. We support him on this coaching change. We appreciate all that Jeremy has brought to the Blackhawks. We look forward to working with Derek as our interim head coach while we work to rebuild our permanent hockey operations leadership. Mark, I've covered a lot of teams in in different sports, and it's not often you have an interim GM and an interim head coach. (laughs) It happens happens once in a while, but not very often. So this And certainly not for the reasons that it has here. No, right, obviously. This thing, I mean, uh, off the ice, terrible. On the ice, terrible. They were 1-9-2. and two, uh, Looked bad last night. It just doesn't look like it was turning around under Colton, who was handpicked by Stan Bowman in the first place. So it kind of makes sense. One goes, the other eventually does, obviously, because he's not having success. Um, there's a uh, statement here by Kyle Davidson we could get to in a few minutes as well, but Curious what people are thinking about this move, Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I can tell you uh, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley are like, every time the hockey show is over, something big breaks. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I feel that. Every feel Saturday that. at uh, 10 a.m., right? Yeah, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, 9, 9 a.m. 9? No, is it 10 or 9, Sean? No, they did, they did White Sox Weekly at 9 this week. Oh, yeah, that's they? right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I know the schedule right. better than okay. you. Okay, yeah, you sense. do. You do. Okay, I, I got to read my emails more. I want to yes. mention this uh, since we're talking about hockey real quick. Something to do on Tuesday as uh, Chicago is facing Pittsburgh, now with a new head coach. You watch, they're going to turn it around just a little bit. Tuesday between 7 and 9 uh, at Dunning Poorhouse on Addison, uh, ESPN's going to be there, ice cold. Coors Light on special, giving away hockey swag. The ESPN Chicago Nissan Titan will be on site, and we want to see you there rooting on your Blackhawks because, you know what, this is the bottom of the barrel right now. We've hit bottom. We can only go up from here, right? This organization's been through a hell of a lot. We have been as a fan base. Now we make a coaching change. I think Derek King is going to be a positive change. We've got the firepower on the ice to be way better than we are. And we hopefully will get that performance now from uh, Derek leading the charge. Yeah, I guess. You're more excited than I am. I mean, I feel hey, like... We, we, look, where we, we have to be. I mean, look, I, I get if you're still upset with the organization. I'm still trying to get over the fact that Jonathan Taves did not say all the right things the first time around. Now, he's come around to, uh, you know, last week where I was on with Fred and we talked about this. Since then, Kane and Taves have come around and said, listen... 
The first time we talked about this, we did not see the Kyle Beach interview. We made it about us and our feelings for Stan Bowman. That was wrong. We put that before what happened with Kyle, and we acknowledge that. That was a step in the right direction. And that's what we're trying to do. Baby steps in the right direction, and this is a positive move. And again, I think we can be a better team. I think they quit on Colleton. I really do. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's hard to tell. I mean, No, there, there, there's too many know, moving there, parts it, to really right. nail it down. But change is good, and they've already made sweeping changes for obvious reasons. You're right. Colleton had Bowman's uh, thumbprint all over him. Get him out. Let's usher in a new era and uh, see where it goes. Remember, they were getting Jonathan Taves back from missing a year. They had a COVID outbreak. Mm -hmm. They had a scandal, which the top players were there when it happened, meaning Kane and Taves. I mean, and they weren't that great in the first place, I don't think. I know other people maybe thought they were. But so there was a lot of things going on there. It was just working against them. And, you know, Colton hadn't proven much over these couple, three years he was there, right? Not not anything significant for any uh, length of time. Now, they did go to the playoffs in the bubble. I think that they had a, a nice run toward the end. Yeah, you know how it is in sports, right? You get a nice winning streak whenever that yeah. is. If it's time right, you get into the playoffs. They didn't go very deep into the playoffs, so that might have been a bit of a, a mirage as far as how good they are and how they could sustain. It didn't really work out. But this team is built for better than what they're doing right now. And, yeah, I wish, uh, I wish Edzo wasn't we'll doing that. I wish Edzo wasn't doing horse racing right now. We could give him a call and have him analyze this, but uh, he's busy. Um, but we'll let you people do it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to sound yeah, off. we've got a few minutes left uh, to talk about this breaking news again. Jeremy, yeah, Carlton. we're out of here at three, right? We're out of uh, here at three. Two thirty. Oh, we're done at 2:30? yeah. Who knows the schedule better, huh? <laughs> Just okay. I thought we we're on to three. <laughs> no, three one two three three. You can be, but we're shutting your microphone off. Three one two. Funny. I would have kept going. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Again, breaking news: Jeremy Colleton dismissed as head coach, as well as a couple of his coaches. Um, uh, and now it's Derek King. Derek King you know, coming from the uh, now, Rockford Ice for Hogs now. for now, interim head coach. But I could tell you, having spent some time in Rockford, that was a great hire by them, and they were really high on his potential. He's done a great job with the Ice Hogs, as I can recall. So you know, you never really know. Um, Colleton was a surprise out of left field, and here was a guy that had some success in the uh, lower levels of the Blackhawks organization. So he, um, yeah, you know, there was all kinds of potential that was just not realized. We'll see what happens with Derek. Yeah, you know, it, this kind of reminds me of the Houston Astros, though. Yeah, complete scandal, right? And they bring in a steady hand like Dusty Baker. I don't know if they're just going to hand it over to a first-time coach to see them through all this. I'm talking longer term. But I guess if he proves himself, he's got the whole year to do it. You know, maybe maybe, maybe he's the guy. But you would think somewhere along the line they have to bring in a steady hand. Could be in the president of, of hockey operations role or the head coach. You just can't fly by the seat of your pants with some rookies in there, rookie, you know, uh, executives or coaches. So, I imagine this is in term, but he does certainly has a lot of the season to prove himself. Yeah, he does. And, uh, you know, right now uh, they're throwing things up against the wall to see what sticks. I mean, they they need to do something. But then again, if they have somebody, uh, you know, uh, as these two are in their interim roles, you know, it just may stable everything, just stabilize everything. It's been very, very um, <laughs> tumultuous. 
to yes. say the least. Good and, word. And, and, yeah, Good word. I like that. Yeah, okay. I think Deshaun has some hey, breaking Jess, news. Yeah. Guys, More? we yeah. are going to three. Oh, we're yeah. – They gave us an extra half hour. <laughs> they gave us 30 minutes today. Ah, uh, see, I got you, Xander. <laughs> I got you good. I told you I know the schedule better than you. Both Wait a minute. So, it, so was the it supposed to be – The schedule has gone back and forth. It has? Okay. It has gone okay. back okay. and forth. Oh, right. for me, I was always today. told three. We're both right. We're three. both right. All right. No. Are we going to three or not? Yes, <laughs> that are. means I'm right. Okay, all right. Jesse Rogers, he's right. Hey, more you. chance to talk about Aaron Rogers. Uh, no, has, has, Colton. Had, I'm okay. over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, that's fine. Has, uh, has um, Aaron Rodgers lost any other um, advertisers so far? You know that's going to be a developing uh, story, for sure. Well, the big one would be State Farm. It would be. But they're not – well, I mean, what am I saying? They, I mean, this was a health – Provider, Prevea, that that he lost. Yeah, so, but you know, know what? Look, look, we yeah. we know you know this crazy woke or, or what woke culture, cancel culture. Well, now you're using his words. Us? Yeah, we're we're using his words. Yeah. But seriously, um, his association with the brand, if they do, do see that it's affecting them negatively, they have no problem saying bye. Yeah. By the way, Illinois holds on to beat Minnesota 14 to 6. That's a big road upset. They've had two big Big Ten road upsets this year, Illinois. I'm, I'm pretty good. Not that Minnesota's all that great, but they were ranked. And they JD's were a happy man today. Yes, JD's, JD's a, happy, a man. happy man. All right, so we'll go to break, and uh, we've got a gift of 30 minutes. I hope you feel the same. 312-332-3776. It's Jesse Rogers. It's Mark Zander. This is ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Rogers and Xander, ESPN 1000 till 3. Because Jesse willed it to happen. We got an extra <laughs> half hour. Hey, Jess, we've got, a, uh, we've got a poll up that we have yet to mention. We talked about this reporting, and we can dig a little deeper into it right now. Um, about, you know, Nagy, they're, they're starting to compile a list, quote-unquote, of possible replacements for Coach Nagy. Supposedly, yeah, yeah. supposedly. So we we don't really know uh, to what degree we can rely on that. But we did throw it up on uh, ESPN 1000 on Twitter and said, Mm -hmm. if this, in fact, is true, if the Bears are looking to replace Nagy, should they fire him ASAP or wait until offseason? We could have threw threw another one in there and said, okay, maybe after week 15 or whatever. And we've got that poll rolling. We'll wrap that up before 3 p.m. But we've got... um, some interesting takes here. So, uh, Mike uh, Bumpus says, if there was a third option of inventing a time machine and firing him last year, that would be my first vote. So we missed <laughs> on that one. Neither. Take advantage, uh, Dave Nays says. Take advantage of the new interview timeline rule where candidates can interview for vacancies in the last two weeks of a regular season. See where Nagy goes with developing Justin Fields. And if no good, fire him in week 15-ish. Was his uh, was his input? If he's fired at the end of this year, who becomes the longest tenured guy? Is it Ross or Donovan? Uh, and that's amazing because it's both like two years. The longest tenured, you know, head coach, head coach in, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, um, it's either Ross or or Donovan, right? It'd be Ross. It'd be Ross. Donovan's yeah. in his second year. Ross is done two years, right? Yep. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. it'd be Ross. It would be that's Ross. For crazy. Sure. We'd have Ross. Then Donovan, then I guess uh, Larusa, and then 
obviously call you know, whoever the <laughs> whoever Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then Nagy. And then Nagy. Right. Uh Badger um, Badger wow. Knight five said the NFL has changed the interview process and they should take advantage of it. Problem pace has to go first. Now you would agree if they make a GM switch, they've got to save the head coach hiring for the new GM because you want them to work in tandem. Yeah, of course. That's obvious. Yeah. But yeah. this yeah. is really this is really weird though because as we say that, what just happened with the Blackhawks within the last half hour is you have an interim firing a head coach and placing an interim in as a head coach. As you mentioned, two big positions within Hawks management as interim. A lot of interims going on. Yeah. A lot of interims. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird situation with the Blackhawks right now. I mean, it's, it's rare you see that interim GM and an interim uh, coach right and no now. No hockey ops president, which is a position they will look to fill to replace Stan Bowman, who quote unquote stepped down, which, yeah, you know, he got fired. Right, I wish they would right. have said that. Would have made the fans well, feel a little better. If he didn't, if he didn't step down, he would have been fired. That's for sure. Yep. Here's general manager Kyle Davidson. Our on ice goals remain the same to build an elite system of hockey. And we have not delivered on that. The fact is our play and competitiveness must improve every game, every shift. Today's coaching changes are difficult, especially given the incredible personal connections Jeremy and others have made with our players in their development. We appreciate Jeremy's contributions to the organization over the last three seasons and wish him, we wish him and his family the best. We appreciate Derek's willingness to step in behind the bench as we embark on a new search for our next permanent head coach. His NHL experience as a player and work with our younger players in Rockford over the last four years gives us great confidence in his ability to lead the Blackhawks in, his, in this interim role. And I know you like King. You like it. You like yeah, King. yeah. And it, I have to do a little research, but now it uh, it seems like he might have been interim with another hockey team at some point before he came over to Rockford. So a little. So he might there. have had a little. I, I, he was a pro player. I remember him playing for the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. I, remember. Yeah, I certainly remember him. Um, so. Yeah, he, he's been uh, great with the kids in Rockford, but that was, you know, Colleton's position coming into the head coaching job as well. So we'll see what happens. We do know this. Change needs to happen, and it has happened today for the Blackhawks as Jeremy Colleton and his uh, staff have been dismissed. Derek King from the Rockford Icehawks will take the uh, helm and uh, start right now. He's in. Yeah, and at the end of this year, they'll probably hire a president of hockey operations that person will determine kyle davidson's fate mm-hmm. and then that person will determine king's fate <laughs> right so uh obviously the the president of hockey ops could determine the, the head coach's fate too but you know if you, if you follow the order of this thing they have to get the new hockey ops in then the new gm and you think that'll wait till off season i would think so well maybe not the, the hockey ops yeah hockey ops yeah the hockey ops might come in but i think davidson and and obviously, uh, the new, well, they should the have a chance. They should have a chance. Sure, three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to jump in and talk about uh, what's happened with the Blackhawks today, what you think about uh, the situation with the Bears, whether or not you think Nagy is on the hot seat, we've talked about this for the past two years. Is he really on the hot seat? Is Pace really on the hot seat? We heard all kinds of confidence thrown their way from the McCaskies, but then again. Uh, you know, in, uh, in Phillips, but, you know, it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. And the only positive right now, or uh, a few positives, is uh, Herbert. That's shown to be uh, a nice surprise. And the con- 
continued development of Justin Fields. Sure, he needs to improve, but we're seeing a little by little every game, and that's the point. He did not have the luxury of sitting and watching a Hall of Fame quarterback work for a few years, like what's happening in Green Bay for the past 20 years, with Favre in there and Rodgers being the you know, the intern, so to speak. And now Rogers, uh, no matter what he's up to, once he's on the field, he seems to, you know, be the football player that that team needs and have Jordan Love watch him. So Justin did not have the chance to have an internship, even under Dalton. That was short lived. No, but back to Nagy. I mean, look, most of the time, just take it in a vacuum here. When you have a first year quarterback, you're not expecting the world, right? It wasn't, even, a number, wasn't even the number one overall pick. So the, the, the question for the McCaskies at the end of the year will undoubtedly be about progress. It was their progress under fields as the season went along. If there was, they may all be back. H- how can you say playoffs are bust when you're starting a rookie quarterback, unless you, you look at them and say, well, it was your choice to start the rookie quarterback. You had a veteran. You chose the rookie after a couple of weeks, and you didn't make the playoffs, so that's on you. See what I mean? Like, right. In one sense, you can't blame them if they don't make the playoffs for the first-year quarterback. Well, we, I, I think it's uh, maybe an assumption on my part, or, or many people, but when Nagy went from – it's Andy Dalton. He's our starter. It's Andy Dalton. He's our starter. That was a Tuesday. On a Wednesday, all of a sudden, he changed his tune so quick and said it as if he's been saying it for weeks. You know somebody walked into his office and said, listen, whether it was McCaskey or it was Phillips, whatever, somebody walked in and said, you're going to play the kid. Well, I would think that'd be pace more than ownership. I mean, if ownership is stepping in about who's the starting quarterback and when that should happen, that's disastrous. Well, that how, is but then how did Pace? Disaster. Okay, how? But why did did Pace just kind of sit back until he saw enough from Nagy, uh, or from Dalton? You mean, or from Nagy? <laughs> For, well, I don't know. Either, either one. Either. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But you can't have ownership determining when you know the the most important position is quarterback when that when that should be you know uh, changed. You know, a change should be made. Uh, you just can't. Well, I don't theoretically, care. you can't. But certainly, that has happened. I mean, don't you well, think it, Jerry, jo- yes, well, Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones is, yeah, yeah. He, he's the outlier? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's the, he's also the de facto GM on that team. So, and that's true. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But you, you, anyway, it happened. It was weird. Um, but at that point, you can't expect all things to go smoothly, right? You just can't. It's a, it's a rookie quarterback. So I, I don't know what else. And that's why you think that it. that article that uh, we're referring to, I think it was uh, Yahoo News. Um, article that was reporting the the list is that the, yeah. the source? That's why you think that there's it's not necessarily uh, a reliable reporting. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a Bronco guy that originally reported it. Some Bronco related media guy. I oh, no it idea. was out of yeah, it was out yeah. of Denver. Yes, yeah, okay. which is a weird place, and it's just I've covered teams. It's just very unprofessional to allow that to leak in any capacity. If it's true that at this point in the season, it just you you just took the knees out of Nagy if that thing got confirmed by the Schefters of the world. Now it hasn't been right; it hasn't been. So I don't believe it's been know. confirmed anywhere. It's just a report that's out there. It could be simple as clickbait, right? Right, <laughs> or it could be an assumption, like we all assume that he could be gone. You, you take an assumption, and you make it sound like it's 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 sure total sure. news. Bears so, fans have been doing that for a few years now. It's like yeah. how could these two? 
you know, be be settled in. But you're what you're saying is right. I mean, you know, you cannot expect a deep run into the playoffs with a first year quarterback. And we have a lot of other needs as well. So do they have if he has been developed properly, does that go to credit Nagy? It seems like it would. Um, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. And we're not there yet. But if we fast forward this thing and maybe maybe he will be developed properly. You just don't know. I mean, it, there's the past evidence isn't great. Right. It didn't work out so, too well for Trubisky. So now they hand him an even better talent. And let's let's see how he progresses. You know, we're, we're still ways to go. We still have a ways to go this season. Yep. And um, that's what I think will probably determine his fate, this progress, not necessarily making the playoffs. I could be wrong about that. Well, it seems like that would be more of a fair measure. But we obviously we don't know. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. We'll take a final break here. We'll come back. We'll take phone calls if you want to chime in on the Bears, on the Blackhawks. If you want to talk baseball with Jesse right before we get out of here at three here on ESPN 1000. It's Xander. It's Jesse Rogers. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Talking Bears, talking Blackhawks with you for another 10 minutes or so. ESPN 1000, Jesse Rogers, Mark Sander here. And uh, Jesse, we've got a phone call from Vegas. It's uh, Cullen wants to talk about the Bears. Hey, Cullen, welcome into ESPN 1000. Gentlemen, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. We're good. We're we're good in Chicago. How's things in Vegas? It's actually it's a lovely day. It's going to be about 80 sunny today, so no no complaints here. What you got for us? Uh, so I was going to say, you know, I, I have no faith in the Bears as long as the McCaskies are still in charge. It's going to be a rinse and repeat. And, you know, I, I just I can't have it anymore. I, they need – say what you will about the Patriots organization, but they understand how it structurally works. Where the owner does ownership things, the general manager does general manager things, and the head coach does head coaching things. They don't have that structure at, at, up at all. They've never had, that, had it that way. And when you have an accountant who is president of football operations making decisions, that, that's a huge concern. But – so, you know, I, I, I want the best to happen to them, but I just, I, I, I don't see it. it you know, I'll, they haven't shown me anything. Thanks, they, you know, they haven't shown that they're, you know, that they're draft picks consistently throughout the years, the ones they've missed. You know, it's, just, it's the same old story. Right, right. Thanks, Colin. We appreciate it, Colin, in uh, Las Vegas. Look, Jim Finks was probably the last very impactful uh, GM, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, I guess uh, Jerry Angelo. What's good, Sean? You want to chime in on this? I mean, you know, it, it's been a while, but Pace, you know, he's hit on some things. He's had some successes, some. Herbert, that's a success. Let's face that. But, you know, he has not been able to put together an overarching plan as the GM to take this franchise forward. Now, Justin Fields is a good piece, but we need so many more pieces. Last yeah, uh, you, you know how long I've been um – involved in sports radio and I, where I've heard that exact phrase, as long as the McCaskies are involved, uh, this phrase, well, it's this an easy answer. It's such never... an easy answer, but right. it's I mean, it might realistic. be the right one. Yeah. You know, it might be the right one, but right. you know, it's, it's it not going to change. Right. But, but I've heard that for 25 years, as long as the McCaskies own this team, they're not going to go anywhere. Now they did go to a second Super Bowl. That's right. They you did. know, uh, but they didn't win it and they haven't done much since. So it could be a true 
statement, but I guess we'll never know because they're not selling. Look, if they were willing to hire the right people to run football operations, you know, that starts with somebody in uh, Phillip's position and on down, maybe. Or maybe you just hire the right GM. But it seems like it would be it would need yeah, yeah, another person, another football person in there, high football IQ to come in there and and take over because McCaskies can own it. They just have to make the right decisions. And they've shown that they haven't. And that's yeah. where people have lost their faith. They just feel like they are not going to be able to make the right decisions moving forward. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I think the Blackhawks could be put in the same category at this point. I mean, this is right this now, is, certainly, yeah. You know, Rocky and, and Danny's big moment, right? They have to hire all sorts of people at the at the highest. And I would levels. even say it's more Danny's big moment because Rocky yeah. has basically handed that over to him. Sure. And uh, you know, Danny has made some positive changes over the past. I think he was probably uh, given uh, the the bump up maybe a year and a half, two years ago. So he's made some positive changes. I mean, part of that was, you know, the the firing of Q. I remember when that happened, you know, Colleton was supposed to be this kind of newer coach. This Q was the old school, right? And Colleton was the new school, whatever that meant to the players on the ice. So there have been some positive changes, but this whole scandal just kicked it back 20 years, and we'll see how they respond. But certainly uh, the change that happened today with Jeremy Colton being dismissed and Derek King moved up as the interim head coach is a step in the right direction. We've got a couple Bears calls to take here, Jess. Uh, let's go to Dre on the south side. What's up, Dre? You're on with uh, Jesse and Xander here on ESPN 1000. Yeah, I know, right? You couldn't even get it right. No, I just wanted to say uh, this is ridiculous, bro. Like, everybody keep calling in every week, all day, about the same stuff about the Bears. I mean, we get it. The Bears are run by mom and pop. Oh, they they don't have football people in place. The, the, the head coaches are boob. The general manager no good. It's why is we steadily calling and complaining about it and everybody acting like, oh, well, you know, what you going to do? Oh, stop being Bears fans. Leave it alone. There's what, 30-some teams in the NFL. Adopt another team. Leave it alone. They will never change. It's been like this for 40 years. I am absolutely tired of the Bears. So who, who have day, you adopted, Dre? I, personally, I'm such a staunch Bears fan that the Bears have been doing this to me for the last 30 years of my life that I don't even want to be an NFL fan because it's like, you know what, bumpy. Because football is not <laughs> the same if the Bears is not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. When I do it, I'm very shy and bashful. It does not make no sense, though. Like, we need to really show these people that we're tired of this, bro. I mean, 40 years. Stop going to the game. Stop buying the product. Well, that Leave speaks, it alone. That speaks loudly. That does certainly speak loudly. Thank you, Dre, from the <laughs> South Side. No, it does, right, Jess? If you if you don't like the product. No Let, one's adopting another team if you grew up in Chicago. Come on. Well, I mean, we used, we used to, I guess as kids, we used to say, oh, I like this AFC team. But you would just like them. Like, I liked the Dolphins back in the day. See, I like the Steelers. You know, I, I appreciate Steelers, the Steelers. Chargers, actually, yeah. actually uh, to, uh, well, not tomorrow night, uh, Monday night, when the Steelers and Bears play, my wife is a Steelers fan, and my father-in-law is a Steelers fan because back in the day with the uh, the Iron Curtain, uh, in the mid-70s, the Bears were terrible, and they found another team to adopt, and that's what they did, even though they're from here. So it does happen. And like any other product, if you don't like what you see, stop supporting the product. 
It happens on the south side all the time. The White Sox ownership has felt that for years. If you don't like it, don't show up, don't buy the stuff. Send them a message. James from Gurney is uh, joining us here on ESPN 1000. Hey, James. Xander, boys, what's cracking? Hey, we're just here talking bears. Hey, let's put in perspective what I see, man. I, I mean, that guy is exactly right. You can't adopt the team. That is just ridiculous. So what I'm seeing is Larry Borum. I think there's a really positive side. We don't know much about Jenkins. So I really think the offensive side of the ball, obviously Peters is too old, but it's a lot to do with scheme. We've been talking about it for four years now. Maggie's offense just doesn't work. So having said that, the biggest problem I see, now I, I play football my whole life. I DVR every game. I watch it. It's our defenses, especially our outside linebackers are too old. I, I love Smith, but he can't really shut off the blocks on the inside when the guards get a hold of him. And then it's coming back to if you watched that game last week when they sweep our cornerbacks, 33 can tackle a little bit, but 22 can't tackle. Our safeties can't tackle. So I really think all the money that they invested, we always talk about the offense because it's the glaring part. But mm-hmm. if you put perspective, this defense for the last three or four years, every time we score, they give up points. It, if you go back, I watched a lot of these. They, it's just very frustrating. And I really think it's to do with our two outside linebackers. Who I love Therathon, and, and I can't remember his name, but they're just too old. They're not fast enough. So we got to rebuild. Obviously, we got to rebuild the offense. And I also think Whitehair is regressing a tad bit, too, as well. But let's see what happens with Jenkins. But honestly, guys, it's that defense. Our cornerbacks don't tackle. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm running to the outside. Our, our cornerbacks and our safeties don't tackle. So. You're not really wrong, James. They, but, yeah. yeah. It seems like have we have, day. you too, buddy. It seems like we have so many needs. But then, Jesse, when we have a game, and I can't remember what who it was against this year, maybe Sean remembers, our defense just killed. Was it the Browns? Was it uh, not the Browns? I'm sorry, the Bengals. Was it that game where the defense just had was a hell good? of a good yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. at that game. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, we think, yeah. and I'm guilty of it too. All of a sudden, we think Bears defense, it's back, it's back. Yeah, but only for a moment. Yeah, I mean, and the it's, moment's it, gone. It's um, it, it, it's gotten sort of old really quick. They had that great defense a couple years ago, eighteen, and it's looked old since. Um, and the other thing is, uh, it, it feels like when there's a good offense, when there's a good defensive line, they're their safeties aren't very good when they have some linebackers right. defensive line like there's it's, it's never never balanced in the, la- in the last couple of years it hasn't all fit together yep and that's you know, and Eddie, that's Eddie the Jackson change. looked like a world beater and then he doesn't you know right um with that Akeem Hicks in the middle they couldn't run and then all of a sudden you can run against them yeah. like it's just not come together over the last couple for of me years. just to close things out if the Bears can just develop Justin I feel like it's been a successful season. I here's don't have this, a lot of high hopes. Here's a sad poll question if we had more time. Um, who's closer to a championship, the Bears or the Blackhawks? <laughs> that's, like, well, I'm a team probably, that is just starting over or a team that, you know, should be closer? Well, you know, I'm going to save that for tomorrow with Fred and I okay. because that's still going to be the case. Yeah, Jesse Rogers, it's been a pleasure to hang with you, buddy. You too, buddy. Uh, interesting news halfway through the show here. And I'm sure there will be a lot of conversation moving forward about who's the next uh, permanent Blackhawks coach. Because right now we have an interim coach and GM. Yeah, and we just got to see some wins. Jesse Rogers, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you to Sean behind the glass there. It's ESPN 1000 and uh, ESPN 1000, the app. Make sure you download it and use it. It is a very handy tool. See you tomorrow. I'll be on with Fred at uh, 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000. See you. So long.